the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church here in Spencer, Iowa, and we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And today, the 13th of June, we the church celebrate the second Sunday after Trinity. Now, last week we heard from and focused on an ancient lesson of catechesis, which is the way of life and the way of death, and that kicked off the Trinity season. But now, as we continue in this Trinity season, it's good to note how the long period of Trinitide is broken down. The season of the Trinity lasts from Trinity Sunday to the last Sunday of the church year, Christ the King Sunday, in late November. And this season is broken down into eh, four periods, four phases, each with their own focus. And the first phase of Trinity Tide lasts from the first Sunday after Trinity to the fifth. And the theme really picks up from Pentecost. It is about the Church of the Spirit, how the Spirit's Church originated, and what goes on within her. As the late Pastor Ralph Gerke stated, it is under the influence of the Holy Spirit that the church arises and flourishes. And that really is the focus of the church in these first five Sundays after Trinity. And today we will hear how the Spirit leads the church to arise and flourish from Luke 14 in the parable of the invitations to the wedding banquet. How does the Spirit work? through the word of the invitation to the banquet. That is the invitation we receive in the gospel when we hear it in our baptism and in catechesis, which leads us to the gathering of the church before the altar, where our Lord serves us this banquet of the bread of heaven, which we eat. Now, some, as we'll hear, receive this invitation, but reject it. And in doing so, they reject the word and the spirit by their excuses, by their unbelief. But the repentant, those that recognize they are spiritually blind and dead and need the Lord, they receive this invitation with great joy and they come. And so it is through this invitation and the great banquet that the Spirit makes the church arise and flourish. With that, we now turn to our matin service, which begins with the hymn, Christ is our cornerstone. and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. 
Alleluia! The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. It is his and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The true God, one in three and three in one, O come, let us worship him. The Lord was my stay in the day of my calamity. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. For thou wilt save the afflicted people, but wilt bring down high looks. As for God... His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord was my stay. In the day of my calamity, he brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me, because he delighted in me. The Old Testament lesson for this second Sunday after Trinity is written in the ninth chapter of Proverbs, beginning at the first verse. Wisdom has built her house. She has carved out her seven pillars. She has prepared her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries from the highest places of the city, Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who is void of understanding, she says to him, Come, eat some of my bread. Drink some of the wine which I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live. Walk in the way of understanding. One who corrects a mocker invites insult. One who reproves a wicked man invites abuse. Don't reprove a scoffer, lest he hate you. Reprove a wise person, and he will love you. Instruct a wise person, and he will still be wiser. Teach a righteous person, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. The epistle is written in the third chapter of the first epistle of St. John beginning at the thirteenth verse. Don't be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life 
because we love the brothers. He who doesn't love his brother remains in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life remaining in him. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, then closes his heart of compassion against him? How does God's love remain in him? My little children, let's not love in word only, or with the tongue only, but in deed and truth. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, O Lord, deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy, and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant. Give me understanding, that I may know thy testimonies. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the fourteenth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. When one of those who sat at the table with Jesus heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who will feast in God's kingdom. But Jesus said to him, A certain man made a great supper, and he invited many people. He sent out his servant at supper time to tell those who were invited, Come, for everything is ready now. They all as one began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go and see it. Please have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I must go try them out. Please have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife and therefore I can't come. The servant came and told his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in the poor, maimed, blind, and lame. The servant said, Lord, it is done as you commanded, and there is still room. The Lord said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you that none of those men who were invited will taste of my supper. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lord, on a Sabbath day in his ministry, found himself invited to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees. And perhaps this Pharisee felt he was offering Jesus something good, a good work. But we know that he absolutely did this, invited Jesus, so he and the other Pharisees could keep an eye on him. And while there, in the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees, Jesus challenges them, healing a man of dropsy right before their eyes, which caused a bit of tension at this dinner because the Pharisees considered healing someone on a Sabbath day a violation against the Sabbath itself. Meanwhile, Jesus was showing that they refused to see who he was. So the tension was thick, but the Pharisees remained quiet. But that tension didn't stop our Lord. He continued teaching. He taught on being humble. He taught on helping those who cannot repay you. And our Lord continued to teach until a random fellow Jew at that dinner, reclining at table with Jesus, blurted out, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. And who could disagree with such a statement? Perhaps that's why the man spoke it. It's a well-agreed-upon truth. Or perhaps it was so he could show how intelligent he was, how holy he was. Or maybe he was trying to ease everyone's nerves from the tension in the room by saying something they could all nod to and agree with. But yet, what this man's statement does is it triggers Jesus to give a parable about the banquet while feasting at a banquet. And so, in response, Christ dives right into his parable, saying, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. This is our Lord's critique against what this other guest had said. For this guest said, Blessed is everyone who will, future tense, who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. To which our Lord replies right away in the parable, Everything is now ready. Now, not will be ready, is now ready. For the Pharisees and the other Jews in their camp They kept waiting for the day when they would eat bread in the kingdom of heaven. But Christ is telling them that the banquet is ready right now. Because Jesus, the Son of God, has become incarnate. He has died on the cross for our sins. He has risen from the dead. He has ascended into heaven with all power and dominion. He has poured out His Spirit and created His church. And because of all that, the ba- it's not that the banquet will be ready, it's that the banquet is ready right now. It's not, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of heaven. Instead, what Christ is saying is, blessed is everyone who is eating bread in the kingdom of God. And in church here, I can point to that banquet right now, on the altar. The feast is ready right here, right now. And so we are all invited by way of our baptism, preaching, catechesis, to come to this banquet here. But in order to know that this banquet is ready, it requires being able to see who Jesus really is. As Jesus continues his parable, The messenger in that parable is sent and goes out to give that message of come, for everything is now ready. The kingdom of God is here, in other words. 
I, it's Jesus saying, I have died and risen for your sins, and the banquet has been prepared. But yet, as the messenger goes out to those who were called long before the banquet was ready, who were invited long before, the messenger is met only with excuses. Jesus says, the first said to him, the messenger, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them, to test them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Now, Jesus was no doubt speaking here originally to Pharisees and Jews that rejected his message about the kingdom of God having come in him, in his flesh, of the banquet being prepared now at the cross. After all, wasn't Jesus' gospel invitation to the Pharisees obvious when he healed a man with dropsy right before them at a banquet? That was their invitation. The teachings that followed was their invitation. Still, the Pharisees made an excuse for it. They said it violated the Sabbath, and they rejected the gospel invite. But while this parable originally targeted the Pharisees, it still works as a warning for us today. For hasn't everyone here been called by hearing the gospel from someone that God has sent into their lives? Hasn't everyone here who has been baptized been called by the word of God in the waters? Aren't there more in this congregation who have been called than what sit here on Sunday morning? Now, it's true that some can't make it due to health or travel or jobs that require the care of others, or maybe a burden of conscience that still remains throughout this pandemic. Those are among the reasons which are valid for people that can't come to church, who are unable. But I'm not speaking about those. To, to most of those, we bring the banquet to them, and they welcome it. No, no, no. Instead, where are those who have heard the invitation to the banquet, who've been given the invitation, but are not here at church, at the gathering, before the altar? And some Sundays... Where are the rest of us? Why don't we come to the banquet? And all the poor excuses in the world are really summed up in these three excuses here in the parable. I have bought a field. I must go out and see it. Now, of course, the image that pops up in our head from this is a farmer who says he can't make it to church most Sundays because he has to tend his fields. But it's not just a farmer that has this excuse. It's those of us that pick up extra hours on Sunday mornings to advance our careers or just want the extra cash when we don't need it or are so committed to our jobs that we work it all the time, even over and above going to church. Now, the next man says, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. This excuse are those of us who look at our possessions or our hobbies or our housework and we do those instead of coming to the gathering before the altar on Sunday morning. They say, oh, so I'm sorry, pastor. I can't make it Sunday morning. I'm working on our house. I'm mowing the lawn. My child has a soccer game. I just wanted to sleep in. And so the excuses go. Please excuse me, they say. And instead of it being a Sunday here or there that this may happen, well, soon it becomes once a month, then twice a month, then every Sunday on the schedule. There's an excuse for every Sunday. And so they never come to the altar. They reject the invitation. The next says, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Now this excuse is quite something, isn't it? This excuse, well, it's those of us who say, uh, instead of church, I just wanted to spend time with my wife. You know, the wife and I were too busy with the kids. 
Instead of church, we just wanted to worship online by the podcast or some other church's live stream, and so on the excuses go. Not because of burden of conscience, but because it's easier, they say. But let me tell you, while a podcast or a live stream may help with you know devotions at home, it might be a good alternative to those who can't physically make it to church, who are unable. Still, podcasts and live streams, those are not the same as coming to the gathering of the saints. That is not church. It is not coming and eating at the altar of the king's banquet. It's a home devotional. It's not the gathering and the communion of the saints. And notice how all of these excuses, all of these people who make the excuses, they're holding on to something as more important than the king's banquet, more important than his invitation and his supper. Whether it's work, possessions, marriage and family, by these things, they think they can be excused from the Lord's table. By these things, they think they offer a better work, a better reward than the king offers himself to them at, at his banquet. And so, whether it's because they just outright don't believe the messenger, or it's because they think the king would be more happy with their offerings than by receiving his gifts, they don't come. But tell me, who gives us all these things? Who gives us our vocations? Who gave you a job and made you a farmer, a teacher, an industrial worker, a student or a salesman? Who gave you your possessions, your oxen, so to speak, that is, your house and lawn, your car, your hobbies, and all the things to do them. Who gave you your wife and made you a husband and a father? Was it not the king who gave you all these things? Wasn't it him who gave you these vocations? Is it not the same king who sends out his gospel invitation to you for you to believe? to come to the banquet and receive all he has died to give you. Who wants you to come to the banquet and receive all these above anything else? And notice how perverse all these excuses are. Because our jobs are meant to, su to support us and help others so we may all gather at the altar. Our possessions are meant to serve us so we may enjoy for ourselves and enjoy with others so that they may help lead us and others to the altar. And as husbands, our most important duty is to love our bride as Christ loved his church, which means we ought to lead her in prayer by first and foremost bringing her to the altar every Sunday. And wives, this means for you to follow your husband's lead to the altar. As husbands and wives, as parents, our most important duty is to bring our children to Christ to receive his blessing in the waters of baptism and catechesis. All these things are meant to serve the gospel so that we can receive forgiveness in the waters, in the word being preached, in the sacrament that strengthens us. And yet... All these excuses put our jobs, our possessions, even our families above the king and his banquet to which we have been invited. And in doing so, we miss the point of our jobs, our possessions. We abdicate the most important responsibilities in our marriages and as parents. All of these excuses put the creation which God has blessed us with, above our Creator, Redeemer, and Sanctifier. But the rejection of the gospel invitation by these excuses does not mean that the Word of God and the gospel have failed. 
Instead, our Lord continues in the parable, So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. Now notice the master's current judgment in his anger against those who rejected his invitation. But even their rejection, even his judgment upon those who rejected his invitation, it doesn't change his plan to send this invitation out to all. The only thing it might have changed is to perhaps to send out the invitation more quickly and with more urgency. And notice who the master calls. The poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. It's those who know their shortcomings, who know their sin all too well. These are the spiritually impoverished, who know they have nothing. The spiritually crippled and lame, who know that they are spiritually dead. The spiritually blind, who know that they are in darkness. They are those who know they have nothing to offer the king. They are those that the king knows cannot pay him back. We are the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame who have nothing to offer the king. The king is he who gave his only begotten son to die on the cross so that this banquet may be ready for us to partake of. The king knows we cannot pay him back, and yet still he offers all this to us freely, inviting us with his gospel through the way of baptism and the word. And what he wants is for us to come eat, come and drink. And the Lord, through his church and his messengers, that is, his pastors, will continue to invite such people at the highways and hedges compelling them with urgency to come to the banquet until the house is filled and he returns. He compels them by those that are in the church, by their vocations, their jobs, their possessions. He uses all these things so that his banquet hall may be filled. The king and the parable end with these words, For I tell you, None of those men who were invited, those that had excuses, shall taste my banquet. Once his house is filled, once our Lord returns, that's when the house is filled. Then those who had their excuses will never taste of the goodness of the Lord amidst the bread and the wine. That is when the judgment of his anger becomes final. That's our warning. So to all of us to whom the gospel has called, to all who have been called in baptism, our Lord warns, drop the excuses. Fear the Lord. Repent. See your poverty, your being crippled, lame, and blindness. Spiritually so, for the sins that they are. Come to the banquet, for everything is now ready. Blessed is everyone who eats bread in the kingdom of God here at this altar, even right now. Amen. Now the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
upon thee to deliver me when it's humble thyself to be born of a virgin and thou hadst overcome the sharpness of death thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers thou sittest at the right hand of God mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Let thy mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me, O God, a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this day, to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord and let my cry come unto thee. O Lord, who never fails to help and govern those whom you bring up in your steadfast fear and love, make us to have a perpetual fear and love of your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, 
whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our president, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our governor, the legislature of this state, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We bless the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Praise him and magnify him forever. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us, this day also, from all sin and evil, and that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls, and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
does it this week. Please join us again next Sunday as we celebrate the third Sunday after Trinity by hearing from Luke 15 and Jesus teaching the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin. All music in this podcast comes from smallchurchmusic.com. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church in Spencer or at CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this service, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for these podcasts or would like to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses at the top of the bulletin, which is included in a link with this podcast. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.